Go ahead and pick your speed up your number one now, runway 27, clear to land green dot. Welcome to Oshkosh, guys. Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of EAA's The Green Dot, our podcast for anyone who is in love with aviation. I'm Hal Bryan, I'm senior editor here at EAA, and on my left... I'm Chris Henry, I'm the EAA Museum Programs Representative. And over there across the table... Tom Charpentier, Government Relations Director. All right, and who do we have joining us today, Tom? Well, we have two members of our uh, chapters team uh, here at EAA. Uh, We have John Egan, our chapters manager, and uh, Dave Lighting, our chapters outreach specialist. Uh, John, you joined the staff uh, just uh, just a few months ago, um, not quite a full year, uh, from uh, the local area here in Wisconsin. And um, and Dave, uh, you've uh, started off as an intern, what, about a little over a year ago? Uh, actually, December of 2015, so almost two years now. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, and you've since joined the full-time staff. And then uh, um, John and David are, um, are joined by uh, Serena Camps and uh, Chris and my old roommate, Kyle Voltz. Uh, so uh, the four of them uh, form a very good team, and um, they've done a lot of great things with the, uh, with the chapters program and the time that they've been here. So welcome. Yeah, we're glad to have you guys. Uh, it's, uh, it feels like it's, uh, it's, it's high time we, uh, we sit back and talk about chapters a bit uh, and what that's all about. But uh, John, as somebody new to the staff, I want to find out a little bit uh, about you or let, uh, let people listening find out a little bit about you. What's your background? How did you first get into aviation in particular? Sure, Hal. Uh, my background in aviation is similar to a lot of people where I just had a passion for it for many years. I actually soloed when I was 25 years old, which is quite a long time ago. I had a buddy at work. I sat uh, at a cubicle at work, and he was a private pilot, and he shared his passion for aviation with myself, and he would take me on flights. And I, I quickly uh, grabbed hell of that interest and started taking, taking lessons. And uh, then I went off to I – I returned, actually, to college uh, – shortly after then and I to get my engineering degree. I actually have a engineering uh, degree in uh, mechanical engineering. Uh, so I had much of my career in the uh, manufacturing and facilities world uh, supporting manufacturing and uh, then it wasn't until very recently, a few about five years ago that I finished up my uh, license and I uh, got my pilot's license and I since have been endorsed with my uh, tailwheel certificate and uh, have been heavily involved in, in chapters throughout these years. That's great. Well, we're certainly glad to have you on the team. And uh, David, do you want to tell us a little bit how you got into aviation? Yeah, so for me, my love for aviation really dates back to the day I was born. Um, I'm originally from Kenosha, Wisconsin, which for the listeners is about uh, 100 miles or so south of Oshkosh here. And uh, growing up, my dad had some buddies that were former Air Force mechanics and private pilots themselves. and they would come up, you know, each year for, for a convention. So uh, the year I was born, my mom brought me up for the day. And uh, really since then, I can't think back to a time where I didn't want to learn to fly or I didn't want to be involved in aviation. So uh, my family continued to bring me up to Oshkosh each year for AirVenture. Uh, when I was about 16 years old, I realized you can go to school for this kind of stuff. You know, I was at that point in high school where I didn't know what I was going to do after graduation. I uh, learned about the University of North Dakota up in Grand Forks and applied for school there and uh, obtained a Bachelor's of Business Administration there with airport management as the, the specialty. Uh, I actually joined the EAA chapter up there and was president of that chapter for two years and Young Eagles coordinator for a year. And uh, that was kind of my link to the folks here at headquarters and uh, got me my internship and I've been on board ever since. So you were coming to Oshkosh every year and then at some point you just didn't leave. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, exactly. That's what happened my, to, my parents to a lot used, of us. My parents used to joke because, you know, when I was very young, I would tear up when we'd have to leave because, you know, <laughs> I, I had to wait another 51 weeks. And my parents used to always say, well, that's what makes it so special is now you have to wait to come back. And now that I'm here all the time, I said, no, it's still just as special because I get to be here all the time. <laughs> and yet we still see you crying every day at five o'clock. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, exactly. That's John's fault, actually. (laughs) (laughs) He's a rough boss, isn't he? Very. He's a tough guy. Yeah, and David, I've seen some of the uh, some of the videos and some of the the media out of that uh, chapter you guys have up there in uh, Grand Forks, and that just looks like a blast. A lot of uh, a a great mix of members, a lot of younger members, and you guys seem to have a really good time. And John, you and I actually uh, share a little bit of a background in that we're both Connecticut natives. I don't know when this episode will air, but I know you can't make it. But um, for uh, our New England members, I will be at the uh, at the Groton, uh, the AOPA Groton fly-in um, in another month or so. So looking forward to that. So can you guys just tell me, uh, tell us a little bit about, um, and this is kind of an open-ended question, but what exactly is an EAA chapter? I'll take this one first. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, an EA chapter is basically a, a group of individuals that are EA members in any region of the country or world, for that matter. EA chapters are basically people who are uh, interested in aviation, and we have uh, many, many chapters across the country, and each chapter has their own identifi- identity and character. And because of that, I often like, when I ask, am ask this question, I answer it through the eyes of a chapter. We have a chapter in uh, North Carolina, GEA Chapter 297, who states it very nicely on their website, and I like to echo them when I get a chance to because I like to give these chapters credit for who they are and what they believe in and what they do. But basically, chapters are EA members who are uh, support the mission of EAA in their local area. They promote, encourage, and facilitate recreational activities that provide educational opportunities. They support and promote mission, vision, goals, and objectives of EAA throughout programs, through programs and services in the chapter family. Again, this chapter uh, 297 states it very, very nicely in my eyes. Uh, they promote, encourage, and facilitate the design, construction, and restoration and operation of all types of recreational aircraft. Many chapters build uh, aircraft projects, and they support those through their chapters. And most importantly, chapters have fun. David, you want to add to that? Yeah, as, uh, as our founder Paul used to always say, you know, chapters really are the churches of EAA out there spreading the good word of sport aviation. So I always explain to people, you know, if you've been to Oshkosh and you've experienced the seven days of air venture, that's what chapters do the other 51 weeks a year. They fly young eagles. They gather and enjoy pancake breakfast together. They they host educational seminars, whether it's uh, building techniques or, you know, pilot proficiency, anything of the like. So uh, if you've been to Oshkosh and you enjoyed your time here and you wish you could take those seven days home with you, that's what an EAA chapter is. That's excellent. Uh, uh, John, you mentioned we had you know chapters across uh, the country, and I, certainly the, I think the vast majority of our chapters are here in the U.S. But we do have chapters outside the U.S. as well, don't we? That's correct. How we have about uh, seven, seven or seventeen countries have chapters and twenty-eight wow. chapters across those countries. Some of those countries, of course, is Canada. Eleven chapters in Canada. We have chapters in South Africa, Peru, Italy, Australia, uh, Germany, and uh, across the, across the world. Literally, we have about eight hundred ninety chapters in total. Uh, that's excellent. And we would, of course, welcome uh, chapters in any countries that aren't yet represented. Any, anybody who would love to, love to get out there and start a chapter. We encourage people to uh, think about starting a new chapter. There are new chapters forming all the time. 
currently, I'm working on a couple of chapters in the formation over in Ontario, Canada. Oh, great. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, just sort of the structure of, of the chapter office here at headquarters so people uh, have some understanding who's who. So, John, you are the uh, benevolent dictator. So I'm the chapter's manager. Okay. And uh, we that all sounds better. We we all have our titles and our roles, but we very we work very closely together, and we share responsibilities, and we overlap uh, very much so. Uh, David, uh, we we have our uh, you're called our specialist outreach specialist, right? And chapter and I see when I see David, I often see him on the phone talking with our chapter leaders, uh, helping them be a better chapter. Uh, Kyle Kyle votes. He's our uh, field representative. He's titled. And again, the titles are just superficial. We're just Everybody overlaps very well with their responsibilities. And he often goes on the roads and he supports chapters. And uh, we all have the responsibility of helping chapters either uh, in their formation process or offering them support in anything they do, anything that we can help them do to become better chapters. That's great. And then uh, Serena is, uh, rounds out your team. What's, uh, mm -hmm. How would you describe her role? Again, uh, her title is our uh, office assistant, basically, admin. But uh, again, she supports us in the same ways that the rest of us support chapters in the role of uh, mm -hmm. chapter formation, supporting chapters in any way, helping, reaching out. We do chapter leadership academies, and the team uh, sometimes goes on the road to boot camps which is a mini leadership academy. And our leadership academy is basically a uh, uh, hands-on weekend class where chapter leaders come to Air Venture, or they come to Oshkosh here throughout the year, and they learn all things about chapters to be better chapters. Well, can you guys talk a little bit about what is the history of the chapters? How did that sort of even start? So EAA's chapter ne network really dates back to the very, very early days. Chapter 1 is based out of uh, Riverside, California at the Flaybob Airport, which many, many people are familiar with. And it was originally formed by Ray Stitz, actually. Um, him and Paul were very good friends, and, you know, he saw what Paul was doing up here uh, in the Great North, and he thought, wow, that's pretty cool. But Southern California is pretty dang far from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So he, uh, you know, he essentially convinced Paul that, you know, we should have an extension of EAA in other parts of the country. And uh, Chapter 1 was formed, and you'll see it written in many places. Paul says, without the support of Chapter 1 and Ray Stitz, EAA wouldn't have seen the growth that it saw so early on in, in the, the history of the organization. If you get a chance to go out to Flaybob Airport, by the way, there's some pretty unique airplanes out there, some you know, replica racers and vintage airplanes and see some pretty neat stuff out at that airport. It is, and they do a great job with uh, some different youth programming. Uh, for those of you that have been to Oshkosh, you may have seen the Flaybob DC-3 that's here every year that uh, that they charter out here. So a very, very active chapter still, even though they're a uh, little over 64 years old now. So uh, very, very fun group. Yeah, I hope I was... I'm that active at, at that age. We'll see. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was just going to say, I always find it um, uh, kind of, or, or people um, that I talk to find it kind of amusing that, uh, you know, the Oshkosh chapter is chapter 252. It's like, well, why, why isn't chapter one in Oshkosh? Well, A, EA didn't start in Oshkosh, and B, that wasn't really the way it, 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 it the chapter network organically came up. I mean, the Milwaukee chapter, which is really kind of EA's home chapter, so to speak, uh, from its original headquarters, um, they took the lowest number that was available at the time, which was 18. Um, and, and continue to have that today. Yeah, Chapter 1 and 18 have a fun uh, fun back and forth of really who is the first chapter because, you know, 
we're the home of EAA, but Chapter 1 says, no, 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 we're the first real chapter. <laughs> <laughs> and where's Chapter 2? I was just reading about them. Fort uh, Wayne, Indiana. Okay, right. Uh, again, a, a very, very active group to this day. And they're the group that uh, is uh, working with the Airmail Museum. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes, they are. Okay. They are the group working with the Airmail Museum. Excellent. Um, so if, let's say, that I'm in an area that, uh, that doesn't have an active EAA chapter, um, I'm either uh, in some corner of the United States we haven't, uh, our sunlight hasn't touched yet, or uh, we're uh, um, somewhere, uh, somewhere overseas, how can um, a group of, uh, of EAA members uh, get together and start a chapter? So really the first step is just reach out to us. You know, contact us here at EAA HQ. The easiest way to get a hold of us is just email chapters at eaa.org or visit eaa.org slash chapters and uh, forming a chapter is really uh, a simple and not very difficult process you know people look at it from the outside and think oh i need to form a new corporation and i need to round up all these members and i need to get a fein federal tax id number but it's really a, a simple process that we're there to help you with the entire way and uh, that's kind of what kyle really specializes in is you know providing that assistance of okay let's get the the legal paperwork done, and then we're also here to help you find interested EAA members in your area so we can connect you with other local aviation enthusiasts. Well, that's great. Building off of that, so, you know, that's how we would join it. If, uh, if I were an EAA member out there and I, I bumped into either one of you gentlemen, and, uh, you, you know, I told you I'm an EAA member, and I come to Oshkosh and I read the magazine and love those articles by that Hal Bryan uh, and, and Megan Esau, let's not forget. Um, our staff writer, Megan. But uh, seriously, though, if I weren't a member of a chapter and I said, well, why should I join? What, what would you tell me? How do you, how do you tell me uh, that I should join a chapter? I always tell people, and this is, this is kind of my personal experience, and this is why I find chapters so personally valuable. It's, it's the connections you make, and it's the people that you meet. You know, people always talk about coming back to Oshkosh to, to rekindle those old friendships. Well, you can build those same friendships back home. You know, the chapter I was a part of up in Grand Forks, you know, I look back at when I was a part of that chapter and the, the connections and the friends that I made are people I still stay in contact with to this day. And if I have a question about something specific and I know my buddy Alex has built an RV8 and I know someone that's struggling with an RV8, I say, hey, I know who I can connect you with. Uh, you know, Charlie Becker, our director of chapters, he'll, he'll tell you the same thing. You know, the most valuable thing to him has been the relationships he's built. He just had an issue with his, uh, his home-built J3 Cub earlier this year and Sure enough, he called someone he met in one of his former chapters, and he was able to, uh, to troubleshoot it the day of. So it's, it's just really, really valuable connections. That's great. John, do you have anything to add to that? You think? Uh... Well, I think chapters are fun. I think everybody involved in chapters thinks chapters are fun, and that's one of the reasons they're involved in chapters. Uh, there's a lot of chapter activity, and we say here that uh, activity equals success when it comes to chapters. So the more chapters do, the more events they can get involved in, the more successful they are and ultimately the more fun they have. So we, we, chapters do all kinds of things, as, as uh, David pointed out, and uh, I think uh, the camaraderie and the involvement and the uh, educational experiences that chapters offer members is uh, very worthy of uh, reaching out to chapters and forming chapters and joining chapters. Yeah, I always say that, it, you know, you can... You can only fly an airplane yourself in the absence of other people for so long before you start getting bored. I mean, it, you know, you, you can only visit local airports so many times. You can only bore so many holes in the sky before it starts getting a little bit um, uh, uh, boring. And, uh, and you really need to have those, uh, those social relationships to, to keep your flying going. And I, I would say, 
that uh, I think I get where you're going with that, Tom. I would certainly say for me, it's uh, I would never use the word boring, but I would just say that I love it that much more when I'm able to share it with somebody else. You know, the camaraderie aspect of it and everything else. But, okay, fair enough. But I understand. Uh, I, you know, I find your company very boring. So if you were by yourself, then, you know, what choice? <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, guys, a, no, lot of, kidding. a lot of chapters do outreach. They get involved in a lot of youth builds. A lot of uh, chapters get involved with high school age kids. They build airplanes. Um, they send kids to Air Academy schools where they raise some funds through their chapters and send kids to the Air Academy here in, here in Oshkosh. And a lot of chapters volunteer at uh, Air Venture. And that turns into quite an exciting time for them. Everybody knows that it's fun to be at Air Venture, but it's really fun to be at Air Venture as part of a chapter. And there's lots of, uh, it's thanks to the members of chapters and the chapters themselves that make Air Venture what it is in many cases. And it's uh, over the years, chapters have uh, really uh, grab hold of certain tasks at Air Venture, and they have identity with certain things related at Air Venture that are behind the scenes. When you talked about, you know, some of the activities they were doing too as kids, we were just up at the Billings chapter, and those guys are building uh, gliders, and they're doing the, this beautiful work. Uh, but it's a high school and middle school students that are going up on their own time, and they're building wings and things of these gliders. Um, and that's all chapter driven. I mean, I thought that was kind of incredible. It's a chapter hanger, chapter folks are volunteering their time, and these kids who normally wouldn't get a chance to get their hands on an airplane are not getting their hands on an airplane. They're building one. I mean, that's that's incredible. Then they're going to fly these things, and that's that's pretty it's pretty special. Um, can you talk about the importance that chapters play in the Young Eagles and in, in, in the outreach they do there? Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, as everyone's probably very familiar with by now, we just reached our 2 millionth Young Eagle milestone last year, and we're celebrating 25 years this year. Hello to Jody out there, who I think is probably listening to this, actually. Hello, Jody. Uh, but <laughs> that would be our 2 millionth Young Eagle. In case somebody, nobody knows why, we just <laughs> randomly said hello to somebody called Jody. But Indiana Jodes, she calls herself. But anyways, we uh, in the chapters department, we kind of like to, to toot our horn and talk about the impact that chapters have had on the program. And uh, out of that, just over... 2 million Young Eagles flown, roughly 75% of those can be accredited to chapters and chapter-related Young Eagle events. So uh, really, I always like to tell people, without the support of the Chapters Network, I don't know if the Young Eagles program gets to where it is today. And then you look at the programs that the chapters have built as an extension of the Young Eagles program. You know, we have chapters that are now doing, like John said, youth builds, but even outside of that, the scholarships that they've developed for those young eagles where they just have a little bit of an extra sparkle in their eye. Uh, I know when I went to UND, there was actually four other students there that got into aviation because they took a young eagles flight with a chapter in Midland, Michigan. Uh, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but they had sent four kids uh, through their flight training with the help of scholarships, and all four decided to pursue a career in aviation. So I think that's pretty cool that you know a chapter was able to have that impact on them. Oh, that's great. You know, as we're recording this, uh, um, I think this will probably will probably air after the fact, but we have a local uh, Chapter 252 event coming up, uh, and I know at least a couple of us will be flying in Eagles for that. And um, that was something that, that uh, I hadn't done for, for quite a while, but then, you know, had started doing a few years ago. And it's, uh, it's amazing to me because you, you can rationally know and sort of understand, well, I'm sure that's very rewarding and the kids really appreciate it. I'm sure it'd be a very valuable thing to do. But you really don't know, you don't have any idea how rewarding it is and how powerful it is until you get out there and do it. And the, 
um, the chapters make it so easy. So if you are a pilot out there, uh, if you've you know if you're affiliated with a local chapter, but maybe you're not even super active in that chapter, and you think you want to fly Young Eagles, by all means, talk to that coordinator, show up, and and they will just lead you by the hand through it, and you you do one, and you feel like you you know why did I wait so long? It's no no issue at all. So can you tell us about um, some of the things that you're focusing on in the chapter's office this year to kind of develop the, uh, the chapter program, uh, take the next steps in, the, in, the, um, in supporting our, our chapter's network? Sure, Tom. Well, throughout the year, every year, we continually focus on improving what we can do for our chapters. Uh, some, we, we're always doing small projects. We're talking about uh, sending kids to Air Academy, for example. I would like to provide an opportunity to share with chapters how to create scholarships, a scholarship program at your chapter level so they can, uh, so more chapters can take advantage of uh, sending children to these Air Academy camps. So on a very small project, uh, those are the kind of things that are on my mind. On a larger scope, we have some projects that both David, Kyle, and myself are working on, and those are involved with um, creating flying clubs, of course, establishing new chapters, uh, eagle flights, uh, something called a flying flying start event. Uh, we won't go into a lot of detail on some of these events because these are we're still nurturing these events and we're still developing them. Um, I'd like to give David an opportunity to talk highly, uh, more specifically, and at a high level about the uh, flying clubs because David did do a webinar not too long ago about flying clubs. So I mean, this might be a good opportunity for David to share that news. Absolutely. Yeah, tell us about flying. Yeah, definitely. And just real quick to revisit Tom's original question, the three things that I kind of think about as the chapter network focusing on is making it easier to be a chapter, supporting chapter growth, so getting all of our members involved on the local level, and then also supporting just growth throughout creating more chapters. So it's kind of, you know, local support, chapter growth, and making it easier. Great. Uh, and really this flying club's uh, project that I'm working on right now with Eric Sternjar, uh, our membership marketing manager, really kind of fits all three of those because, uh, you know, a lot of people know the cost of flight training has continued to grow uh, over over the number of years. And flying clubs really offer uh, an affordable alternative to that, whether it's flight training or just exercising your your certificate. So we're really focusing on assisting the members of our chapters with the formation of a flying club, not necessarily within the, you know, the confines of the chapter, but the members set it up alongside, and you know, then you kind of create a landing spot for these young eagles and for the eagle flight participants, and you can create scholarships, and you can welcome those folks into the chapter, you know, get them involved in the community, and then say, hey, by the way, here's your way to actually get in the air, get in the airplane and start learning to fly. And we've seen uh, some great success stories already with uh, with chapters fostering uh, flying clubs, as you said, sort of a separate organization alongside the chapter. Uh, and it's amazing to me uh, really how how much cheap flying there is out there when you find the right flying club. Yeah, there was uh, t the two big examples I think of is, number one, I just talked to our, our chapter 1522 down in Cynthiana, Kentucky. Uh, 18 months ago, they formed a flying club with a Piper Cherokee. They realized there was no... No aircraft rental or flight training on the field, so they wanted to provide an opportunity for those individuals without access to an airplane to get airborne. Since that club was formed 18 months ago, they've just completed uh, their fourth student that's gone all the way through from zero to, to private pilot certificate, and they've also gotten four individuals back into flying. You know, they were absent for five to ten years, and 
now they're back in, in being active. Isn't that great to hear? It is. Anytime, you know, we, we hear the dire warnings about the pilot shortage and the aging of the pilot community and, and all these other things, but we absolutely have to stop periodically and, and celebrate uh, the victories and the successes where we find them. So, you know, we run a weekly, uh, uh, section in their e-hotline e-newsletter called Milestones. And that's something that we started just for that that purpose. It's a small thing, but somebody writes in and says, you know, hey, my my, uh, daughter just soloed on her 16th birthday. Let's, you know, can you you do anything about it? Yeah, yeah, we can. And uh, so it's, however these things come across, it's great to hear, like I said, take any chance we can to celebrate a win. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the chapter in a box? Is that a is that a fast food place? Is it that, sounds like it. Yeah, that, it's pretty similar. Good actually, chicken, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, this is another one of our projects we're working on right now that isn't fully developed, but it's just about there. And uh, essentially, is what it is is it fits our make it easier aspect of supporting our chapters. And what it is is it's literally a box that we plan on shipping out to our new chapters or even a chapter that maybe they just need some extra support. And within that box, there will be about 16 different items. Is one of them Kyle Volts? By <laughs> uh, any chance? Will we limited ship edition. Kyle? Okay, That's limited, limited edition. edition. Put holes Act in the now. box. Yes. I mean, you know. Right. <laughs> but, uh, it's a food and water. But, but all the contents of the box will help that chapter through the first six to nine months of their, of their formation because, you know, someone gets all riled up about forming a chapter. They form it. They get their, you know, their charter, and then they sit there and think, well, now what do we do? Now we're a so chapter. now they have a quick start guide for okay. Here's how you get get off the ground. Get your you know get your website up and going. Get your Facebook up and going. Here's some name tags. Here's some uh, presentation material. Here's a guide to plan your first fly-in and your first Young Eagles rally. You know all the things that will really make it a true chapter experience as quickly as possible. That's a great idea, and that's uh, that's an initiative that's forthcoming, but uh, has not yet formally launched. Has not yet formally right? so, launched. No. Okay. Uh, very soon, though. Very soon. Oh, that's great to hear. So uh, a new feature this year at, uh, at AirVenture was uh, what we're calling the Blue Barn, um, which is uh, kind of an, an area for you guys to showcase what you do. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. The Blue Barn is literally a – now it's a blue-colored barn, and it's, <laughs> and it's easily identified. <laughs> Wait, slow down, is, Einstein. You're losing me this here. This is a blue-colored <laughs> barn, talk. Hal. It's on the AirVenture grounds, and its purpose is – is to have an opportunity for chapters and young eagles alike to uh, house in this building and share what what they can offer to uh, EAA members. So for a long time now, chapters didn't have a real presence at AirVenture as far as a piece of land and real estate of their own. And now through the efforts of the uh, senior leadership team and the board of of members here at EAA, we have the uh, what's called the Blue Barn. the, blue, the purpose of the Blue Barn is a place for chapter members and chapter leaders to come to learn to be uh, better chapters. Again, to pick up their literature, to ask myself, David, Kyle, Serena questions directly, and we host a lot of forums at the Blue Barn to support and educate chapters. You know, one of the things uh, that struck me about the Blue Barn this year, seeing it there, is that it's uh, Number one, it's always a little bit. Uh, it's always a little bit different when when something changes on the air venture grounds. You know, as we, it's like going back to your old hometown and saying, "Well, that restaurant didn't used to be there, or that was a car dealership, and now it's this or that." Um, so you come you come to the air venture grounds, you see something different, you notice it right away, and you kind of frown at it for a moment. But uh, unlike I think some of the things that have popped up or even come and gone over the years uh, since I've been coming, 
um, the blue barn has that feeling like it's always been there. Like as soon as you see it, yeah, it just sort of fits fits right in. We've, we've got a couple of red barns. Why not a blue barn? And the barn has always been there. It's an old machine shed. That's right. Yeah. Uh, from the one of the farm families that lived and you know owned and lived the, on the property of what's now Air Venture. However, the blue barn was not never used during Air Venture. It was a storage facility. Uh, it's located just west of all the forum buildings, down toward Warbirds, and uh, it was basically uh, kind of unkept. And there was no focus around it, so it was pretty much not seen by participants as they walked through our adventure. But it's yeah, it's it was quite kind of invisible today. Yeah. It really was invisible, yeah. but now it's uh, now it's blue. Yeah, it looks great. They <laughs> they uh, did a nice job reconditioning this facility. Oh, it's great! Uh, great that you guys have a home there. So, uh, for for both of you, as we've talked through uh, talked through a lot of things on this episode um, about chapters, um, are there? Uh, is there a question in your mind that you wished we would have asked, or is there anything that's in your head that you're saying, you know what, I, I would have loved to have had a chance to talk about X, Y, or Z? And it's okay if you come back and say, no, the interview was flawless, gentlemen. It was. It, was, <laughs> it, it, it really was flawless. But I think what I always like to try to get across to people that aren't in chapters, and I know we kind of briefly touched on why should you join a chapter, uh, and a lot of times, you know, I hear from people, oh, I don't, I don't fit in there. I, I don't build airplanes or I'm not a pilot. But the one thing I always try to get across to people is chapters are open to everybody. You know, whether you're just an aviation enthusiast, uh, you fly a Cessna 150, or you're the captain of a Boeing 747, or you've built seven different aircraft, you know, a chapter is really a home for you. And, you know, you'll feel welcome there and there will be an activity for you no matter what it is. I think chapters in general really turn the look and feel of a small municipal airport into a family place. Yeah. Uh, you know, airports can be hard to understand for the local community. Uh, nowadays, we have fences around airports. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, even prior to fences, though, it was very hard and kind of kind of scary, almost in my 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 memory, to to walk into an FBO. You you wonder if you had any business there, and you never knew really what went on inside an FBO. So I think with chapters, it brings the community out to the airport through some of these chapters events. Chapters host B-17 Ford Tri-Motor events where it brings the community out to the airport, catch rides on these airplanes, and understand what the, what, how, how the airport fits into the community and serves a real purpose. Uh, through chapters and members of chapters, it turns into a family gathering place uh, because obviously you can bring your kids, grandkids, and spouses and your friends and family out to these uh, events that chapters hold. You know, they hold a variety of events such as corn roast, obviously the pancake breakfast, and I often, I, I hosted a lot of pancake breakfasts back a few years back, and I always encouraged our chapter members that we're doing this for two different reasons, not only as a fundraiser to help support our chapter, but also to provide local aviators a destination to arrive to an airport. Uh, you know, you have, an, you have an airplane, it's fun to go somewhere, and when it's fun to go somewhere, it's even more fun to go somewhere where there's more people of your kind gathering at the same time in the same place. And, you know, with, uh, with so much pressure on, on so many airports and, and the battles that, uh, that we fight, in particular, Tom and your colleagues on the advocacy, uh, advocacy team fight to keep airports open, you know, I think everything you just laid out there, John, might be one of the most important missions of a chapter is to is to keep your local airport healthy and alive. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think these um, th these gatherings serve as a, as a way to really, as you said, um, uh, impress upon the community the value of the airport and also to build the relationships with the people that you need to ally with. 
um, when there are threats to the airport. You need to make these relationships now before you need them. Um, you know, we had um, Mac Dixon, my uh, my colleague and uh, and and, and uh, budding private investigator. Yes. Uh, Mac on, Dixon, uh, private eye. <laughs> on um, on the, the uh, a previous show talking about um, the hangar use policy that we worked on, and we felt that that was extremely important that we got right. Um, there were threats to um, a lot of airports where the FAA was. Uh, Basically, had a policy that was going to uh, say your your hangar has to be a sterile environment. You can't do anything at the airport that could promote a social atmosphere. And I said, if this happens, if this goes through, general aviation as we know it is toast. Because, you know, as I was trying to say before, it, it, it maybe maybe didn't quite hit the mark. But what, I, what I'm trying to say is that if aviation is going to survive, it has to exist as a social activity. Um, we it it just is not. Um, it's not as fun uh, when you when you can't do it with uh, with the people you care about. Well, and thank goodness we have a, a network of chapters that make that possible and that, that are out there, all around spreading uh, spreading the word as we've said. And uh, and thank goodness we have uh, we have a well staffed chapters team here at headquarters. Certainly in my uh, several years on staff at EA, that hasn't always been the case. So it's great to see you guys fully staffed, uh, John and David. Thank you so much for taking some time to be here with us today. I really, really appreciate it. And speaking of, of thank yous, I have to say a quick shout out to a few people who've uh, uh, fairly recently left us great reviews on uh, on iTunes and good ratings. Uh, so far, we've got uh, we've got a perfect five star rating on iTunes, so we're grateful for that. So thank you to Lieutenant Shrek, Aviator Six Five Four, somebody named Goggles Kitta, Bottleworks Net, and uh, and someone named Nick Brown One. Oh, I, I think we, I think we some of us might know who that is, but uh, we will let uh, him or her yeah. remain uh, semi-anonymous. Thanks once again to our guests. Thanks everybody out there for listening. Keep subscribing. Keep those reviews and feedback coming on the blog, on Facebook, and uh, iTunes and Google Play, and all that good stuff. And with that, we'll see you next time when you're cleared to land on the green dot.